As we talk about the vision for 2020 for Crossway Church, let me begin with this quote from Richard Foster. Um, he's one of the writers who wrote about the disciplines of spiritual life. And that instead of dutifulness, he calls it celebration of the disciplines. What a wonderful way to see that in our generation that lacks so much of a discipline and intentionality. In the introduction, Foster writes this sentence that caught my eyes several years ago, and it just popped into my eyes and my memory as I sought God's guidance and God's prompting for our church this year. Pastor writes, the desperate need today is not for a great number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. Just as a clarification, by deep people, he doesn't mean, and I do not mean, mystical Jedi-like, Yoda-like people. We're talking about real people, as, as opposed to shallow, as opposed to just almost pseudo-fake, cosmetic, plastic Christianity people. We long to see that. And we long to see our church this year as we sense the prompting. And here's a background why. Uh, 11 years of God's kind of nurturing us in Olive Crest was incredible. Olive Crest, we were there 24-7, at least for several years. And the rent was, we didn't know how cheap it was. And God's provision through the CFO, who's a um, very devout Christian, who welcomed us to, to use that place. Um, but we realized it's time to move and then outside it will require more than twice of rent we used to pay. And we're in the middle of still seeking 24-7 place of ours. And most likely it will be more than one year, it looks like. And as soon as we came out, it's almost like coming out and then wilderness journey began as a mobile church and set up and break down. We don't have that many singles. If you're singles, you're welcome. Uh, so, so the families bring their minivan in the ministry center. It's been tough. Few families left. And there are other issues in our church and you know, relational conflicts and other things where there we had two funerals, which one of which I uh, officiated myself, and then the other one I participated together. There's a sadness, and then cancers, pain, and suffering. It all comes down to when you think you're mature, and all these things are coming at you, your immaturity is revealed. 
and even spirituality also too that uh, we'd like to think of maturity because everything's available and online and even as a pastor I glance over so many commentaries on my computer screen you don't even need to go to the hard copy book to pull out some of them is very thick but most of them are available so quickness of that do we know better do we know much I think so but that's not spiritual maturity. True maturity is really not the type of superficiality of puffed up intellectually prideful people at all. This kind of reminds me of my uh, college friend. He was one of those guys who ventured into his work and came back. So he was a few years older than us. His name is Tom. And when I got fired up for Christ and I started leading the Bible study, he came into my group. And he was just like a sponge. He was loving the study. And then the way I led, he complimented and he was, you're such a good Bible study leader and I appreciate you. And we became really good friends. I really thought, because of his teachability, he's a humble guy, I really thought that maybe I'm more mature than him. Yeah, yeah, right. I could lead him and teach him. But in reality, in hindsight, I remember Tom Wilkins is a guy, not Paul Kim, who was reaching out to these people. I still remember, remember this Indian guy, and the ancient Indian guy, and, and the Middle Eastern guy, who is far away from Christ, will come around in his house because he's so welcoming and loving. His friends became my friends through to them. And I, I became one of, the, one of my summertime roommates. Was this guy named Sanjay. It was hard to pronounce the real name. So he called Josh. They call him Josh. And I got to know him. I got to know that even though he's a Muslim, uh, even though he's a Hindu, he was a real person. He cared for me. Then I realized a true maturity, who was truly mature person, is my friend Tom. So hence the reason, although the maturity came to my mind, and as I discerned the spirit prompting, I worded it this way. The Crossways Spiritual Direction Vision for 2020 is to grow deeper in character that produces a sure hope in Christ. In short, our vision for 2020 is to grow deeper in character. My sermon text is Romans 5, verse 3 to 5. Just three verses. Um, allow me to read it as we begin. Verse 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, 
knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is God's pathway to grow us in depth. This is God's fourfold for growing deeper in proven character. And let's look at one thing at a time. Um, because it starts with the suffering. Um, we're already up against this resistance in our culture. Because if there, are, if there are two words, in my humble opinion, that captures the culture, cultural value of Southern California. Maybe Northern California too, but in general, but especially Orange County and Southern California. Affluence and comfort are two enormous cultural value under which we live our daily lives. But suffering begins the whole text and pathway. So let's, let's define some things unless we misunderstand the text and push it away. What are, the, what are these sufferings? These are present sufferings from ranging from minor annoyance, uh, major disasters, sickness. Yes, some of unnecessary, if you are not a Christian, unnecessary trials that you face if you stand up for Christ. If you live by the righteous will of God. And these are the pressures and stresses that we experience in faith in God. And especially on the unavoidable uh, trials for non-Christians and Christians that we're all faced with together. But there are avoidable sufferings. Because we choose to follow Christ, the path of the way of the cross and Calvary Road, which involves opposition, persecution of a hostile world. The point that we need to remember is, what do these sufferings lead us to? Number one, if we call ourselves followers of Jesus, Jesus himself walked through this way of the cross, the sufferings, voluntarily, for our sake. And as a follower of Christ, we are to share, not only in his glory, that someday we will become co-heirs of Christ, from God, but we are to also share in his sufferings. The suffering is a critical part of God's plan, leading us to the co-heirs with Christ. 
Romans 8, 17 through 18 says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Suffering is momentary, but the glory is for eternity. This is biblical perspective and value. Following affluence and comfort is momentary, but what will that lead to in eternity? The Christ call is radical, countercultural, and we are to choose to follow Him. And the question comes to now what are we to do in our sufferings? Number one, we are not to pray for exemption or no escape from sufferings. But this is easy to do. We pray for our kids this way. Just let him have no problem at school. Let her make friends without any conflicts and tensions. And let my wife, let my husband be healthy and prosperous in his business, in his his accomplishments. In her accomplishments, we pray. Oh, so-and-so is sick in our family. Lord, this can't be. As if God promised no problem as long as, as, long as you become a believer. No, the God is ex- actually saying, this is my pathway for your maturity, for your growth. And then now that I saved you from your sin and damnation by grace and grace alone, freely, without from your works. What I like to see is I want to mature you, sanctify you. What's the purpose? To become like Christ. To become glorified. So we are to grow deeper through our sufferings and taking courage by faith. Just to make sure this is a our master, Lord's words, not my idea. It's John 16, verse 33 says, Jesus says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Take, but take heart, I have overcome, overcome the world. If we become a people of plastic Christianity, we could misread it. In the world, you may, you might, you could have tribulation. Jesus said, you will. Yes, we are faced with many different kinds of trials and sufferings. And in my family... My dear wife lost her dad last year. And her mom started dialysis three times a, a week. 
My brother, who had uh, incurable disease, so like Missionary Lee, but Missionary Lee stopped right away, but he didn't. So it, it, although God saved his life, he has still speech impediment. To say a few sentences is such a difficult thing. His right-hand side is all practically paralyzed. He had to eat and, and do things with the left, left hand. That trial is there. What are, we, what are we to do? The prosperity gospel is we just need to faith, have a faith. Pray for healing. Pray for power. Pray for being a conqueror of, of the world. Listen to what Jesus is saying. The Jesus' paradoxical teaching is really the pathway to not go for the wide, comfortable road, to go through the narrow gate and narrow road, which will lead to eternal life, and the other leads to destruction. We scratch our head and ask questions. No, if we do such and thing, such and such things, things has to be more comfortable. And even in our church, we need to learn that kind of depth, stability, maturity. Not just because we're getting older. Like Irene mentioned, I, I now have both hearing aids. So I used to deny it. Now I have no problem because if I take off my hearing aids, I probably have to say what several times. But just because we get old doesn't mean that we get wiser. We have substance in our character, proven character. No? So let me go through these four pathways as God provides in this scripture. The first pathway is to rejoice in our sufferings. As soon as we hear the rejoice in our sufferings, that's really, really weird. Why would you want to uh, rejoice in sufferings? So we need to clarify again. It does not mean, first of all, stoicism, denial. Just be a, be a spark. We don't feel and we just deny it, go through it. Bad things happen, so what? A acting as if it, nothing happened. No, that's not. That's not it. It is not masochism. That we really like this and enjoy pain. And when pain comes, yeah, hooray! No, nobody likes suffering. Nobody should like suffering. Number three, it is not optimism, positive thinking, or possibility thinking. Keeping a positive mental attitude. Just look at the bright side. Even if he's sick, he's not dead. So be happy. Even if he didn't, your, your, your daughter didn't go to Stanford, he went to, she went to a, UCLA, be happy. Hooray. No. 
Fourth and lastly, we need to clarify this. It is not glorification of sin. As if our self-inflicted sin is such a glorious process of God providing. No. Then what does it really mean? First of all, it, it is to respond to sufferings by faith. In the hope of the glory of God. It actually, verse 2 when verse 3 was, not only that, not only that. What's that? That is referred to the verse 2 here. This grace in which we stand, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Faith in hope, which will endure, you will look at sufferings in a different perspective. If you do not respond, to sufferings by faith, this will happen. Instead of rejoicing in suffering, grumbling in suffering will happen. Instead of suffering produces endurance, grumbling produces bitterness. And the bitterness produces tempered, tempered anger, tempered personality, tempered character person who easily get angry for everything. Because victimized that situation happened. And then tempered character produced disillusionment. Hopelessness. Dark view of the world. Choice is ours. Have you seen those people? Who went through a tough time and became a, such a uh, cynical person who views the world in a really dark lens? Have you seen people who went through suffering, who became brighter, deeper? Strange sense of strength. My mom's here, and she would testify this. My brother, who's just two years older than me, I used to have a fist fight with him every day when we were growing up. But past few years, in his trials, my brother has become a deep man. Of course, he has so much pain and so much struggle, frustration, because as a pastor, he cannot speak, he cannot write. And there's a joy. I go to him to comfort him with my love language, food, I get comforted by him when I leave. It is to apply the faith perspective. Why? Because if you look at verse 3 again, not only that we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that. That's the faith perspective. If you know this, if you have assurance of this, you could look at the suffering in a different way. It is also to glory 
in our sufferings. The old uh, King James Version will put it this way. Glory in sufferings. You know what that means? Because the word has not only be joyful, but boasting, exalt. You glory in your sports, right? And the scripture says we, we, are, we are to glory in our suffering. That means, this is important, because I used to think like this. In spite of sufferings, rejoice. No. In the midst of sufferings, rejoice. No, this passage is points to, because the very suffering that you are enduring, rejoice. Because God's sovereignty placed it there as a gift for you, masked blessing for you. Jesus' words again in Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Blessed are you when others revile you and, and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely. On my account, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecute, persecuted the prophets who were before you. So when we face some type of opposition because we stand up for the righteousness, justice, against standing up for the, the people who cannot speak for themselves, the marginalized, we will sense this opposition. In Luke 6, Jesus also said, Woe to you when all men speak well of you. In other words, if you become, become people pleaser, you will not please God. One more verse. James chapter 1 verse 2 to 4 is identical points that is very helpful. James writes, Jesus, Jesus half-brother, um, verse 2, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet Trials of various of kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect. That you may be perfect and complete. Lacking in nothing. In other words, true maturity. Pathway number two. Is to let our sufferings produce endurance in us. Sufferings are by nature, it's a trial, testing. Are you real? Is your faith real? God is testing us. The purpose is not to knock you down. The purpose is to strengthen you. So like, like I mentioned in the beginning of the message, we thought that our church was mature and maybe steady and there are some radical things that we've been practicing. So we're proud of ourselves. Or we're being find out how empty and how in, in my own leadership, my, my, my character, messed up, broken character is being revealed. And I've been being pruned by God. And in this testing, we will either come out 
Right, so those who have shallow pseudo-faith, or some, those of us can come out as a deep, real faith. So we, by nature, because of our fallen heart, we tend to think much highly of ourselves, especially our spiritual posture toward God, because we know some things. But knowing something and agreeing with some of the deep, profound writings who have experienced their own spiritual maturity in that way, and then this day and age, it became so easy to identify ourselves. Whoever your favorite spiritual writer, theologian might be. But in our sufferings, we get to practice holding on to this consistent, persevering faith. This is why suffering produces endurance. The, the image of this extraneous CrossFit workout, but it's just that it's not a program, it's your life. When was last time you were desperate for God? When was last time you felt God so closely come to you? We would like to think that it's a happy sunny days. No, we don't even remember God on those days. But when you hit rock bottom, you remember those times that God delivered you from, your, from the pit. And then you cried out and God became real. God's love became so overflowing in your heart. That was the time of suffering. That's God's work. But like we said, including me, we were kind of wondering, 11 years of so comfortable, how come this is not working? We prayed. We even prayed for 40 days. A fasting chain. In past few, few weeks, four, four Sundays, we didn't have a place. So we had to go around looking for a place like crazy. And coming back just last week, we're beginning to meet here. We're so grateful. All of a sudden, this place looks so nice. Let's remember this. When we lose strength to even hold on to God, We think that we have to, I, I got to hold on to God. No, in reality, God's work in us, on our faith, on our weak faith, childish faith, that he matures us, that God is actually holding on to us. His grip is stronger than any trials. His loving grip on us. 
You know what this is? This is an ancient day. Maybe in third world country, they might still have this. It's called winnowing fan. What's the purpose of winnowing fan? To separate chaff from the grain. Or should, we say, should I say, to separate the real crop from the husk in order to, to struggle to find it is so, such a difficult thing. So farmers use this because chaff, husk is light, shallow, right? And the crops, real crops are heavier. So they put all everything together and they throw it up in the air, throw it up in the air, throw it up in there. The, the more the farmer throws, the husk flies away. The chaff goes away from the farmer. The, the crops get closer, closer to the bosom of the farmer. This is what suffering does to those who belong to God. If you're a real Christian, you will cling to God. The more suffering that you go through, that you will cry out to God. You will ask for prayers. The closer, closer you will to God. You will draw near to God. That's why Psalm 119, verse 67 and verse 71 is our parallel of our testimony, isn't it? Psalm, Psalmist write, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may that I might learn your statutes. Here's pathway number three: to let our endurance produce proven character in us. The proven character is um, probably the the closest translation the word capturing the the nuance of it it in some kind of way to put it is proof or provenness because we're going through the endurance what happens is the constant persevering practice of endurance results in proof that our faith is real deep and sustainable in the storms of trial. And this is what happens to us in God's pathway of endurance and our character gets deepened in faith and integrity and strength. Sometimes we just know, they like to see the word integrity as the moral characteristics, right? But if you look at the dictionary, integrity means that it is interwoven so completely inside out that has a strength of the character of fabric also too. The proven character means we become real. 
rather than duplicity of our public life and uh, private life, whether we treat our loved ones, we treat our enemies, whether we react to hostility, it's very different to the people who praise us and uh, affirm us. The point is that we become more like Christ. So to imagine, I don't know much about it, but I googled a little bit of process of when they build a bridge or even airplane, whatever the steel they need to make sure has integrity and strength. They test it. Not only they test the steel, but they strengthen it by furnace of fire, high degree of heat, and cooling process. That continuation of that strengthened the steel so much, so much stronger. That's the picture of proven character. 1 Peter 1, 6, 9. This time, Apostle Peter writes, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Brothers and sisters, friends, God desires this in you. If you and I are being just honest, although comfort and affluence is easy for us, we end up become shallow people. And the churches don't help either because making everything easy, consumer-oriented way of doing, the customers come in and well-adjusted in theirs. But the heart cry we hear at Crossway is, who will go deeper with Christ? will be real and genuine, steady. We would love to have those kind of friends too. The real friends walk in when everybody walks out in your life. You heard three testimonies of Bika and missionary Charles Lee. By the way, Bika stands for B-I-C-A, Bethel International Christian Academy. The 
missionary Lee felt. Incredible things happened. And as Stan mentioned, everything was so comfortable. And there's so much of a just fruit, including the students and staff and the Mayan people. And but until we found out what went on behind the story, success story, we didn't know the full impact of it. And I, I think several of them already mentioned, and I'd like to share the impact we felt. Both of them lost their spouse through cancer. So this is second marriage. And both of them lost the hope of the next life in a way. So when they started that mission, they're already close to 70. The church that had sent Missionary Lee cut off the support because you are to retire. Missionary Lee is now 76 with the limping and as, as Irene mentioned, he shrunk. He lost 30-some pounds. And he's still struggling with, you know, he's brilliant with Spanish and English and Korean. But it's all got mixed up. And missionary Mary Lee, staying behind everything, although she was so effective minister in Korea, because of language barrier, but her humility and her pain. What do we see? Proven character. These people, God is using them. The, the school has been up in operation only three, four years. The impact is the whole village of Izamar, the small city, not Merida. Merida is airport, it's the capital of Yucatan state of Mexico, one hour from that is Isama. And I was struck and I, I was so convicted. Because as a leader, even leading Crossway, I wanted to be firm, I wanted to be visionary, I wanted to be so passionate. I think I offended so many people. My character is found out. And even at home, I, I had to apologize to my, my boys, my four boys, starting with 20, 18, 16, 14, because of teenage life, to, to treat them with respect without yelling is hard. And I had to apologize so many times. Of course, they're so forgiving. What's, my confession is that I'm not standing here as a mature, proven character to be t before you. But call of Christ is, will you follow my path? You call yourself followers of Christ. Call my pathway your way. And then choose the way of the cross as your way. And I miss Lee. Such a gentle, humble way. 
the way he interacted with child, the way he interacted with staff, the way he interacted with Mayan people. One of our team members was just shocked. I've never seen Korean senior man act like this. I don't know what to do with him. Out of deep respect. John Venian. Oh, I, I need to wrap this up first. Um, pathway four is let our character produce hope in Christ with God's love poured out into our hearts. Because when our character, proven character have the hope again, remember we started with hope, rejoice in hope of the glory. Now the same hope became a reassured, solid hope. And the subjective experience happens here because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That reassured hope God's love solidifies our hope. As John Bennion mentioned, the, the author of Pilgrim's Progress, in times of affliction, we commonly meet with the sweetest experience of the love of God. This is so true. That's why Annie Johnson, Johnson Flint, who was a poet and, and hymn writer, went through so much of tragedy. She lost both of her parents and both of his, her adopted parents. She became a teacher and arthritis, took over his body. He, she couldn't teach anymore. She couldn't walk anymore. She was in wheelchair. The entire life became disastrous. But he's, her writing, like we mentioned, that going through the proven character, you could Google this and listen to some of the songs that modern singers sing. Her early 1900 words, she writes, He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater, he sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added afflictions, he added his mercy. To multi multiply trials, his multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed, ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of hoarded sources, our Father's full giving is only begun. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power, no boundary known to man. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Let's hear the call of our Lord Jesus. 
And even if you are sitting here as a visitor, and maybe a non-believer, this call is for you. He extends his hands of love and grace. Grace means undeserved free gift of God to you. Would you follow him? Will you follow him today? For Crossway people, this is recap. In 2020, let's envision that we become church and Christ followers that rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that God's purpose is good for us. Let our sufferings produce endurance in us, trusting that God's grace would sustain us in our sufferings. Let our endurance produce proven character in us, trusting that God's testing would refine us toward Christ-likeness. Let our character produce hope in Christ, trusting that God's poured out love would anchor us in the, in the reassured hope, solid hope in Christ. And by faith, let's try for deeper growth in our character and faith in this year so God would be glorified in and through Crossway Church. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and guidance. And as we strive for deeper growth in faith and our character, we pray that your Holy Spirit will pour, continue to pour out your love. That our hearts would be filled with your love. That we are not operated by our sure determined will and dutifulness but overflowing joy because of your love. And thank you so much for what you have done in and through Crossway Church. This is your church, Lord. Do your continuous marvelous work in the coming year, in the coming decade. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.